0: Welcome to the MS Dev Show episode number 99. This week we talk with Matthias Carlson and Gary Park about Cake Build. Have we forgotten how to program? The ultimate voice controlled man cave. And now with 100% less sneezing.
1: This episode of the MS Dev Show is brought to you by Infragistics, providing tools and solutions to accelerate design, development, insights, and collaboration for any organization.
0: This week we have Matthias Carlson, partner at VCom, father and open source contributor by night. And we also have Gary Park. He works in the oil and gas industry in Scotland. And he's also a father and open source contributor. Welcome, guys.
2: Hello. Thank
3: you.
0: Hello. Okay, Carl. So we got build imminent. Actually, I think this will this episode will end up going live like right at right the as end as of it's build. Winding down. <laughs> yeah, right as it's winding down. But we are just going nuts right now, like getting ready for build.
1: Yes. But this is the last reminder, though, that uh, so our our next episode will be sometime the week following build. You essentially have less than a week from when you hear this until we pick the winner of the swag bag.
0: Yeah. If you if you waited until now to submit for that, like you have to do it like right now, like just just hit pause, go record something, send it to us. And just do it on your phone.
1: They all record. Yeah. Just email it to feedback at MSDevShow.com. Trust me, your odds are pretty good. Better yeah. than winning the lottery. Much better. <laughs> and the prize is
0: much worse than the lottery, but it's very cool.
1: <laughs> well, and, and not only that, but I actually found a few other people that are willing to, you know, kick in, you know, a few cool extra things. So yep. um, we've already talked about most of what that is, but it's definitely worthwhile getting in a little comment, send it in. We really want to hear what you guys have to say.
0: Yeah. And I, I'm not going to go over the details, but I am, I am going to be moving soon, so... You know, if there's anything I don't want anymore, like it's going in there as well. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, I won't do that to people. You better keep your old toothbrush. Yeah, you get like a two eighty six or something. <laughs> old CRT monitor. Uh, okay. Um, anything else we want to mention
1: about build Carl? No. And then we're just going. That, uh, yeah, we're going. Uh some of our guests today are, are already there, so that's pretty exciting. Okay. I will be in the
0: IoT labs. I don't know if that's what you were called. because – Remember, we're releasing this after it's done. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so uh, if you didn't so, see me, if I, if I saw you, then, hey, shout out to you because you're awesome. <laughs> I love
1: time travel. Yeah. Okay, so what do we have for the Infragistics Ultimate Winner of the Week? This week, Colin Wynn reached out to us on Twitter. He said he's listening to the MS Dev Show, and this would have been uh, – last episode, uh, he was walking in the woods and he jumped out of his skin when somebody sneezed.
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think I had a conversation with him too. Cause he was like, Hey, I've gotten used to the barking dog, which I, I think just reared its ugly head. But, uh, I, I don't know it, here. Here's the honest truth. I don't listen to the, the show unless I have to, <laughs> I know that sounds kind of weird, but like I'm here when we record it, so I don't have to go back and listen to it. So when I edit it, I'm actually pretty darn good at, at, telling what's going on in the show just by looking at the waveform uh it's kind of like the you know looking at the matrix and and seeing what's going on in there it's basically the same concept so apparently i didn't see that sneeze uh so i apologize for anybody that i made jump uh i don't know who sneezed but uh somebody did
1: yeah so as as, uh compensation for that we don't do this every time but one time uh (laughs) you will be getting the infragistic ultimate license this week uh just uh Email us your email address so we can get that on in. And uh, if you want to get mentioned on the show and have your feedback read out loud, send us an email to feedback at msdevshow.com. Comment on Facebook, iTunes, or Stitcher. We really like those five-star iTunes reviews. Perfect. Okay, let's jump into the news. So
0: let's see here. Okay, so this kind of – this blew up a little bit this week. Um, NPM and LeftPad, have we forgotten how to program? So, you know, I had tweeted about this. I think Hanselman had tweeted about it too. So it ended up getting a lot of visibility from that. I think it was on Hacker News. It was in a whole bunch of different places. And and what strikes me about this, it's basically this observation that there's all of these tiny little libraries that people are adding to their projects um, instead of just adding one line of code. So there's a great example in here. There's a package called isArray. Uh, Apparently it's for, it looks like it's for JavaScript. It has 880,000 downloads a day. 18 million downloads as of February 2016, 72 dependent npm packages, and it's one line of code. It's basically I can even read it. Return to string dot call array equals equals object array.
2: <laughs> so basically, get type.
0: <laughs> yeah. So so the the article, you know, he's making the point that like just just put that line of code in your in your stuff. So what what prompted this though was. Um, Basically, uh, somebody pulled a whole bunch of NPM packages that they had published and it basically like broke the entire planet worth of software. Um, everyone, everybody was like, had a hard dependency essentially on all of these things.
1: And, and I think that's really, you know, the thing that really woke up a lot of people isn't the fact that, you know, he pulled his package or that people were using it for little chunks of code that they could have written themselves. But it's just that when somebody does pull their package, nobody was prepared for it. They didn't save a copy of it. They didn't have another way to fall back yeah. when something like this happens.
0: Well, it's so, always been terrifying to me using using all these packages because – your project, like my build process, for example, like I'm using Travis CI, but I also use um, uh, Visual Studio Team Services. Both of those things, you know, they pull your source code and then they basically do like an NPM install, which pulls all those packages from the Internet. And, you know, you, you instead of having like one or two external dependencies in your application, you have thousands uh, which is just like a, a huge thing. Like this scared me from the beginning. So we finally had this nightmare scenario. So I think, um, like I don't, Somebody's probably listening, like saying that there's some kind of technological solution to this. Cause caching, I don't think is it. I don't know if we need like a, like a secondary NPM package site that, that sort of caches things indefinitely. Cause people were talking about having, yeah, having the ability to replace these packages uh, on NPM. But in any case, it's clearly an issue.
3: But this is not also this is not just an issue with npm. I mean, this is a, a Bower and NuGet. All of these yeah, any from package manager. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. There, now there are services like MyGet that will uh, do some of that caching offline for you, if you like. Uh, by offline, I mean on another another site. But you're still yeah. beholding to them as a company to to maintain that. But.
0: Yeah, you you absolutely could go and like roll your own solution, but like you're using these things to to save time exactly, yeah. and and to have to jump through all this work would be would be just a huge pain. So I do have uh, the corollary here. There's another article. Uh, let me pull it up so I can actually read it. Um, but the. The corollary here, it's a—it's a basically like a GitHub post because he didn't want to do a blog post. But he was just talking about how these – and I think he brings up some good points. There's There are packages where you, you're coming at them from the perspective of I need to get thing X done and I don't care how it's done. I don't care if it's one line of code because guess what? A week from now, it could be 100 lines of code. And I don't want to have to update like you you take an external dependency and sometimes even buy like external controls and then .NET world or whatever, because you just don't want to deal with those problems. Um, and you don't want to necessarily have to like try to try to keep up when all these underlying things change. Um, so he was really defending a packet or a couple different packages, um, one of them, which is called negative zero. It, it tells you if a number is negative zero, which is kind of interesting. I, I've never had the need for that. And then another one was this user home function, which looks like a single line of code, um, but there are situations when it might be more than one line of code. And I think the other thing is, you know, pulling in other dependencies. I mean, like, I-, I hate having, like, an NPM or having any kind of package manager that says, bring in these 100 packages. Like, it would it is a lot more elegant in my mind to say, you know what, here's the three things that I'm trying to get done. So I'm going to pull in these three packages, and I really don't care what they depend on.
2: But I think we need the base class library for JavaScript, too. Because all these with dates and strings, that sh- people shouldn't reinvent that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I. That would be nice. <laughs> I, you yeah, know, I because, don't know if it's going to happen. I, yeah, I mean, I guess we can.
2: Because especially when you go international, because dates are, people shouldn't do that themselves. Yeah, it's horrible.
0: <laughs> no, you're, you're totally right. And and there's it's funny because there for for things like that there are so, some sort of de facto uh, libraries, but you're right. There's not like one, one big thing you can pull in. And I don't know, this is a really tough problem because we want to, we don't have to write all this stuff ourselves. I mean, none of us are smart enough to do all that. Uh, we're at the point now where we have to stand on the shoulders of giants. Right. Um, but you know, if that, if that giant, (laughs) you know, gets a broken leg or, or, you know, decides not to show up for work tomorrow, (laughs) then we have problems. Okay. Any other comments before I move on to the next one? Okay. Mm-hmm. Precise control over responsive typography. What's this all about, Carl? Is this something so, that I I didn't know that I needed?
1: Uh, yeah, especially oh. if you if you're like interested in resizing kind of text, uh, especially maybe like uh, headers or you know not necessarily like paragraph font, but there's a really cool technique for changing the size of your text based upon how much screen width is available. So. Mm. Um, if you go in the show notes and click on the link, they actually have a an example of it in a purple box. As you get um, between a certain sweet spot of width, the text in that box will get bigger and smaller, and it's all done in CSS. I remember in the past trying to do something uh, with this using like JavaScript libraries like FitText, and uh, there's one or two others that do something very similar to this. But all of those seem to have like a slight leg to it. This is really responsive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really all it uh, takes is understanding what the view uh, port is and uh, having a browser that supports the calc functions in CSS. Okay. So th- so this is something that does take a little bit of browser support. But if it's something that your website can afford, it's uh, something really nice to add. And uh, what a lot of people uh, fail to remember is most CSS functions – uh do have uh, a graphics processor support so those will uh get processed a lot faster than if you have to do it on the cpu okay yeah i like their example here i mean that
0: makes sense like i on on my desktop here i'm seeing giant text and then i yeah i make it smaller it gets smaller here um actually all the text on the page now that i look at it so usually when i do responsive design i'm just like reflowing the text um but you know it's a good point like uh, why use uh, the exact same font. You might want to customize it based on uh, how much real estate they have. So it makes a lot of sense. Okay. Uh, how developers stop learning rise of the expert beginner explain.
1: Yeah. So this is actually a really meaty uh, article. Uh, it talks about how people learn in general, not just as developers, mm-hmm. but he kind of really, he kind of brings it back. He was talking about his bowling game, um, how this, he used the technique that's not standard, and he kind of equated that to like if you're learning to program and you don't quite learn the cor- correct ways to do certain things you might still have a nice uh, bit of growth but there's going to be a part that you're going to plateau at and not get any further just because you don't have the the basis and grounding and good technique to to grow even further and he equated that to his bowling score you know he could only get to like 160 which was good for a period of time but when he was in a bowling league he saw other people continue on, and he couldn't keep up. Yeah. And it kind of it gets really detailed. I, you know, if, if you're into kind of learning about learning, uh, this is a really good article. It's going to take you a while to read, so set aside you know fifteen twenty minutes to read this. So, and it even brings. Yeah. Carl. I was going to say even brings up uh, like the Krieger-Dunning effect and the imposter syndrome and where that fits in these learning cycles Hmm. and even how to get out of like being that expert beginner and move up the cycle back to competent and proficient and expert.
0: Cool. Yeah. I was just thinking with that bowling example, I was reading through this. It reminded me of, (laughs) this is going to sound like a silly analogy, but um, I had the same type of thing at foosball. So, you know, if you are playing a game like that, where every game you're trying to win, it will take you forever to get good at it. And I think the same thing happens with programming. Like if you were trying to just get the app out, like there, there is some value in that, in, in, in delivering, but at the same time, you're not really focusing on, on the, the fundamental fundamentals. So what I ended up doing was I lost a ton of games and I just didn't really care. But what I was doing was I was just focusing on certain types of shots and ball movement and stuff like that. And, uh, and then I ended up winning a whole bunch of games and everybody else is like, Oh, well, I wish I had taken some time to to do that. Cause they were just focused on winning every game. So I think that's absolutely the case. And I think you can apply that to software development, like focus, focus on good practices. Like one of my things now that I've been terrible with is like hotkeys, you know, so I've been trying to pick up more and more uh, hotkeys while I'm in, you know, various editors trying to, to incorporate those in so I can just be more efficient.
1: Yeah. I think something that you brought up that was in the article as well is when, when, when you are at that spot where you're plateaued because you maybe went down the wrong path and you mm-hmm. can't grow that skill anymore to kind of relearn the correct way, it might mean that, Hey, you're, you're going to go backwards a little bit Yeah. before you, before you can grow again.
0: Yeah. And that's tough. I mean, you got to get your job done too. So I don't know. Good luck. <laughs> that's a tough one. Um, Oh, this one was awesome. What, <laughs> <laughs> uh expletive deleted programming language should i use <laughs> This was just, this is just awesome. So this is just a fun, if you don't want to see, uh, some swear words, just don't, don't click on this, but you click let's roll. And I went through like all the different paths here. I love this. Have you already established a language for your project or team? So I hit yes. (laughs) Keep using that effing language. Unless you can't accomplish your goals with your current language, you're setting back progress by starting with a new language, but you can go down you can say no. And it says, are you building mobile app? Yes um are you building for both so i hit both then effing learn java and swift hybrid app, app sucks so you're i don't but i'm not going to read the whole thing <laughs> but it's hilarious there's so, a
2: safer work version also
0: <laughs> yeah i saw that up in the car I, I didn't even click it. it's probably pretty boring let's yeah. see here both but oh it ends okay.
2: up in java many times <laughs>
0: yeah it's yeah, it's funny because the one is like, do you have to bring in the, you know, JVM or something like that? You hit no, and it's like use Rust or Elixir then. But it I, I love it too whenever it asks you about concurrency. Yes, I need concurrency, and then it's like, do you actually know why you need concurrency? <laughs> 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 and it gives you different answers based on that. <laughs> oh yeah, no, this is great. And I think it's fairly accurate. I I don't know, like, did did you guys go through and actually use some real scenarios and did you agree with the
2: agree with the results? I never reached C sharp, so I don't, I don't
1: agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder it, if there it, is a path, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I tried every single one, and it doesn't. It, you know, it's the little hipstery, you know, you know more, you know, valley kind of, yeah. you know, programming popular languages. But uh, it, it's still fun for a little bit of levity. Yeah. So he used,
0: and it's funny, I clicked on a, uh, about, it says it uses knockout. Um. Interesting. So he's pushing knockout. So I'm just wondering if he followed his own advice. Well, anyway, <laughs> okay.
2: I mean, PHP. Yeah. Yeah. He's using PHP. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: oh, classic. Okay. Ultimate man cave voice automation for my shed. So this is this, this is John Skeet, right? Yeah. And, and yeah, I wouldn't I, call I, this I see- thing a shed. Oh, it, actually is that, is that, is, a shed a with shed? Codes. is that whole thing his shed or is the little thing his shed?
1: Okay, so that if you look at it, the entire wood yeah. structure is his shed. Half of it is literally lawnmower slash rakes and everything else. The other half is his desk.
0: Okay, because yep.
1: this is like nicer than a lot of people's houses.
0: <laughs> his shed is. <laughs> I mean, let's put it this. Way, I couldn't tell if it was a shed or not. So that's how nice it is. Anyway, go ahead, Carl.
1: So. As we pointed out, so John Skeet has some pictures out there of his working conditions. He works for Google from home mm-hmm. and he has a shed in the backyard that he goes to. And I think that's kind of cool for one thing because you're working at home but you're not in the same house as your spouse per se. So yeah, that'd be that awesome. that re- that removes you a little bit from, you know, maybe some of the temptations or We'd uh, miss my dog barking though. Yeah. Unless you could bring your dog out there, you know, whatever. Yeah. But um, he shows his actual working environment. And John Skeed, for those of you who don't know, is like the number one person on Stack Overflow for C-sharp questions. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people are always interested in what he is or what he does. And he took the time and to... What <laughs> and what he is. And what he is. Not human, apparently. Yeah. But uh he, he showed that he wanted to voice automate his shed. So when... He leaves the house, he can be like, hey, turn on the lights in the shed so he can see his way there in the morning and stuff like yeah. that. And he actually went through it, um, put all his code out on GitHub, kind of went through the process of building it. And uh, uh, for those of you who have a little bit of time and maybe want to do something like this, you know, it's really cool to look at what other people are doing. Yeah, he uh, he didn't use Cortana,
0: though, did he? I think that would have been kind of an interesting integration to use Cortana. You know, assuming he has it everywhere. Um yeah, that was that was the only thing I noticed here. But yeah, he's he's just running this from his computer for the time being. Um I guess I assume he runs Windows because I see him running oh well, yeah, he runs Visual Studio and all that kind of stuff.
3: It does say uh, he tried to use Cortana, but he couldn't get it to work, unfortunately.
1: Oh. So so technically some of these are Cortana APIs, they're just not hooked into the Cortana UI.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, but I mean just actually hooking into Cortana, I'm not going to say it, but you can say hey, you know, Mrs. C. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um and then and then you can you can plug your your own stuff into that. Uh, I saw a pretty cool uh demo of that recently. Um so yeah, I wonder what issue he had. Um especially But he also has
1: feet. he also has stuff that'll turn on and off his music and yep. you know, all sorts of other stuff with his. Sono yeah. system and his PlayStation and all that, so it's, yeah, it's, it's worth, just really cool. Yeah, it's worth checking out how he did it because he, you know, he's really structured in how he writes
0: code. So I would take a look at it from that standpoint. I, I think he he always has a pragmatic yet complete approach. Um, so it's it's pretty cool. Okay, so let's move on to our wonderful guest. So. Um I probably should provide a little bit of background here. So I I know Matthias, I see you all the time commenting on on different things. Uh thank you for that. And I think you did you win the Infrajust logistics license one time? Yeah. yeah. Okay, awesome. Awesome. So you're basically you're a fan. And, um, but, but you kept mentioning this, this cake build and I was intrigued. I, I, you mentioned it a couple times. I actually looked at it every single time and I'm like, this is cool. We need to, we need to have, have them on for this. So we finally, finally got around to, to asking you, sorry, it took so long. Uh, but yeah, this, this whole thing looks, uh, looks pretty cool. You guys still there?
3: Hello.
0: Okay. Yeah. Carl just disappeared for a second. So I'm back. We'll just, okay. (laughs) we'll just uh we'll just let him uh reappear hey carl hey um so so we decided to have you on for to to talk about cake build and and this is pretty cool so i I definitely want to learn more about this because I do love c sharp and and this is basically you know like a build system that that relies on c sharp now historically in other build systems that I've used. Um, where I've actually had to do like my own scripting, they've been a huge pain because they're either like XML based or they they just have some really weird syntax. So being able to use C# Sharp and have, um, you know, my my um, IntelliSense and all that good stuff that that that's that's why I'm I'm really interested in this. So, do you want to just kind of give me a little bit of background and tell me what Cake Build is?
2: Well, it's as you say, it's an open source C# Sharp based build system, mm-hmm. uh, but we also add some uh, DSLs. So we have some convenient uh, methods. Uh, That simplifies complex talks, so uh, and it's based on the Roslyn compiler. So that was what initially enabled it.
0: Okay, but I can, you know, so I get I get full IntelliSense. So like, what am I? Am I just going through and like defining like different tasks and things like that? I say, do this, then do this, then do this.
3: Initially, one of the I guess you could call it the limitation of Cake right now, is that mm-hmm. there's no full IntelliSense support just yet. Um, okay. So although there is some uh, crossover familiarity between doing uh, C Sharp development and Visual Studio, to do that in uh, Cake... There's a little bit more, let's call it trial and error, in terms of getting the build script up and running. Now, one of our aims is to allow uh, full IntelliSense support by hooking into uh, the OmniSharp uh, project that's available across all the text editors. Um, Currently, to date, that's not been implemented. Uh, What we do like to think is, though, that the the documentation that we have on the website, which is uh, automatically generated from the source code of Cake, uh, goes a long way to helping uh, getting up and running.
0: So I don't get IntelliSense even if I'm in, you know, like full Visual Studio. So, or I just get, or is it partial?
3: Um, so even within uh, Visual Studio, the, the way that um, uh, Cake works, so there's a uh, the aliases that are created. Um, they're available only once you have um, uh, the full Cake context available to, within Visual okay. Studio. So you kind of have to have, have that context instantiated in order to get the full IntelliSense support. And that's something that we need to bring in uh, via OmniSharp. Uh, oh, I guess. So you. although it okay. is although it is traditional C sharp, um, we don't ha- quite have that uh, information available to us at uh, design time. Let's call it.
0: I got gotcha. you. Well, the good news is, I mean, if you do it in OmniSharp, it should run on every platform, then, right? It'll be everywhere.
3: That's what our hope is. Yes. Yeah.
0: Okay. Very cool.
3: <laughs> so, but you, well, you get syntax
2: highlighting and all that completion in some editors. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, it's, but it's rudimentary. Really
1: okay. Hey, so why did Cake Build get started? I mean, what was missing from the existing CI build platforms that made you guys want to start this project? Well,
2: uh, uh, the one that started the project was Patrick Svensson, and uh, I joined later, but the reason was the same both for me and him. It was, we're using uh, systems like Fake, mm-hmm. uh, and really it's a great build system, but it was hard to get the rest of the team on board. It was hard to get, the, like, it was a barrier of entry, and going to the same language that the rest of the team was using uh, was like it, the good choice. And when rustling came around, Patrick said, let's try this. And uh, I joined just a month later and be- became part of the team uh, a couple of months later.
0: Okay. So, I gotcha. Yeah. And I totally agree. I mean, compared to something like XML, like I'd rather be in C-sharp any day.
1: Infragistics, ultimate UX and UI tools and enterprise mobility solutions SharePlus and ReportPlus enable high-performance apps on any device, faster data insights, simplified collaboration, and market-leading security, all backed by comprehensive support. With Infragistics' Ultimate UX and UI Development Toolkit, you can ensure mission-critical applications delivering a superior user experience on the desktop, web, and native device environments for iOS and Android with the latest BI tools, wow your users with dashboards providing the data insights that they need when and where they need it, all at a low total cost of ownership. Try it today, download a free trial at infragistics.com and follow them for the latest updates in UX and UI development, reporting and collaboration at Infragistics on Twitter. And remember, each week, if we pick your comment on the show, you will get a free copy of Infragistics Ultimate UX and UI Toolset.
0: So if I already have, you know, a build server up and running, should I think about switching over to this? You know, like, what what is the story there?
3: So the, the good thing about Cake is that it's, you can add it into your uh, existing project without touching any of the existing... Uh, Project file. So, if you're using something like MS Build, you might have to edit your CS CSProj file or uh, do some additional manipulation to get the the build infrastructure in place. But something like Cake, with with Cake, what you can do is you can bring in uh, what we refer to as the bootstrapper, and then everything else lives outside of your project files. Um, so you can quickly and easily, uh, for one of a better term, uh, give Cake a try and, and see if it's for you uh, without having to. Um, harm, if you like, the uh the the project that you're currently working on.
0: So I just drop into like a command line and I can basically execute that?
2: Yeah. yeah. So correct. So we have a like a convention-based bootstrapper you can download that just compiles uh, and restores NuGet packages and has and it has a PowerShell bootstrapper and Bash based bootstrapper, so it will work on both uh, Unix systems and Windows systems. Okay. So basically, basically you just run build.ps1 and it will uh, download Cake for you and you can uh, and will instantiate any dependencies Cake needs and okay. uh, execute the script. Hmm.
1: So, what do I get out of the box with Cake, with Cake build without doing any real configuration? Can I get a simple project? built just kind of by default or is there always a little bit of configuration that needs to be done
2: well you need like a starter script so you need so we have some uh, sample scripts that has the build task and a restore task and a test task so you can use as a starting point
3: so while you can Uh, while, while you can make uh a generic build script within Cake for your own kind of project definitions. What we don't do is we don't try and do any sort of uh, configuration by convention and, and impose some sort of build structure on people. It's literally we'll give you the bootstrapper which will pull down Cake and then it's kind of up to you within your project definitions um, to or, your, or your, rather your build. Cake files to define what you want to do within that build. Now, what I'm for instance, what I'm doing in one of my projects or series of projects is to make a generic build script because nine times out of 10, the projects you're working on are all the same thing. You're you'd want to do a compile. You want to run some tests. You want to do some packaging and you want to do some deployment. So there is some structure within your organization or within your team, but we as cake are not imposing um, any of that on you. You can decide what you want to do.
0: Okay. I'm just looking at, at like one of the samples here. So it looks like you're defining, you're essentially defining a task. And then you're using a, a Lambda to define, you know, what that task actually does. And then you're running it. It kind of, re- that sort of reminds me of something like Gulp um, or, or Grunt, I guess, would would be similar as well. Um, how, how do I normally, like, what does one of these processes look like? Am I going to have, you know, 50 different tasks defined and then I'm defining dependencies or, you know, like, what what does the script actually look like?
2: Well, usually uh, if you're going to do a standard build script, you usually have a restore step uh, task to restore your NuGet packages. Okay. You have a build task to build the solution. You have a test task to test your code. Yep. So those are and kind then, of the high level. Yeah. 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 And then you have a, like a package to package yep. the results. So if you build an assembly or something like that, and then you can have a published task to publish that to my get or NuGet or something. Okay. And then, and each task can have dependencies and criterias. So you okay. can have, uh, say, this task is dependent upon a previous task, and then it will be build that if you build that task it will build the dependencies first and you oh, can okay. also set criteria you can have like this task will only build on uh, windows or unix systems in, in, like uh, example or you can set tasks like uh, criteria like uh, you check uh, file exists or things like that that's just a lambda that you can do anything you want in the
1: criteria
0: okay. i got it that makes sense okay cool
1: so, so why is it important i mean that we script it in c sharp i mean is it or is it even limited to that i mean being based on net can we get f sharp or vb to work
2: currently it's just c sharp uh but as roslyn it, it supports Visual Basic, but it hasn't been a goal of ours also we to run on uh, on linux currently and unix systems we use Mono uh and they all support c sharp so but it's it's c sharp is the main goal to use. Yeah. Cause, um,
0: cause you had mentioned like the whole, the whole point for your team was you guys wanted to write your build system in C sharp, right? Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, sure. what it comes down to is f- familiarity for me. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm fully, uh, for the idea of being a polyglot developer and being able to uh, have projects in C-sharp and F-sharp and and JavaScript. But I think it it needs to be done where it makes sense. So for me, Mm -hmm. if I'm doing a C-sharp project and then I'm having to think in F-sharp to automate my build process that's a bit jarring for me so i would much rather have here's my c sharp project with a c sharp build script and then here's my f project with maybe fake as the build script engine we're not mm-hmm. trying to dictate to someone that they have to use cake and um, we're what we're trying to say is if you're a c sharp project house and that's what you do then why not use c sharp to, to, to automate your build processes as well so you don't have that mental mind switch when your build is failing. The last thing you want to do when your build is failing is try to remember how to write an f sharp when you've just been doing c sharp. So
0: Okay. So it's called it looks like, you know, this is this is a little bit of a tangent, but if you know me, that's what I do. <laughs> uh, so so cake, I'm looking at the project description it says cake. It's a uh, basically C sharp make. Um I think you should have called it cake and then the description should have said um as easy as. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, um, so I'm I'm curious, like you had mentioned uh, Roslyn before. So what is the relationship here with Roslyn? Are you using Roslyn to to basically examine the script and use that for, you know, to figure out how to execute it? And is that the reason why, um, you know, the IntelliSense isn't there yet is because you're essentially using Roslyn as your interpreter?
2: Well, well, basically we use uh, some code generation, and the Rustling has a scripting package. Yeah. So, so you use the scripting parts of Rustling. Okay. Uh, so, basically, we use some code generation to, and like, give uh, global properties and these global methods the, the DSL. Mm-hmm. So, so it's a two-step process. So we first do the code generation, and then do the Cake. So the non parts of Cake. Is the extension aliases. But if you have used just extension methods upon the, like in regular, then we do have full intelligence, but in a compelling sense. But the, we do some special thing for convenience to do mm. a, so That's uh, the hard part that needs us to get the context in order.
1: Mm. It, you mentioned earlier that it works not just on Windows, but also on Unix-based systems. Were there any challenges in getting this project to work uh, platform independently, or did that kind of come a little bit more easily with Roslyn?
2: Well, in the beginning, Roslyn wasn't available for Unix systems. So that's why we currently use uh, monoscripting for that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but now the, we have to look at the, with the core CLR and stuff like that, the cross-platform story will be a lot better for us, and we would would want to unify against one scripting engine because there are some slight nuances that differ between them.
0: Yeah, so ultimately, you you might use uh, the new .NET Core instead of Mono.
2: That would probably be the long-term goal. Yes.
0: Okay. And other- yeah, that'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Mono versus .NET Core um, now that Microsoft bought Xamarin.
2: Yeah, the problem with .NET Core is that they have changed the build system. Their yeah, system yeah. like no, three it's times. Totally so different. <laughs> so, it's, so it's been a bit in flux. It's been hard to take a dependency on it. Yeah, but uh, I think now it's starting to get.
0: In a yeah, I think Mono's bad. been a little bit more stable and has been, you know, based on the. Um, I don't want to use the word older or legacy because those things sound negative. But <laughs> let's say the existing implementation of .NET, because I, you know, they they have their own advantages.
2: But uh, unifying uh, with one scripting engine will be a lot better for us in the long term.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So whenever I do, whenever. Whenever I use build systems, what's really important is for me to have the right plugins or or whatever you want to call them. Like I I want to be able to let's say I want to run tests. Like I want to have like a build task that can just run tests for me um, or or something that makes that easy. And sometimes I might be I might need to publish a build status to mother to some other system. Um so you know, like how many add-ins are there? Do you do you have quite a few in there? How hard are they to create? If I see one that's that's missing, like what does that ecosystem look like, and how is that growing?
2: Well, well currently we have a land, like twenty-seven helper methods uh, in like out of the box. Okay. Uh, and, but and also have like thirty-three add-ins mm-hmm. uh, from twelve different different authors. So it's starting to get like a rich ecosystem around it, uh, and the add-ins are pretty easy to make because it's basically uh, you you create an assembly, you reference a couple of NuGet packages, and you add an extension method with an
3: uh, uh, attribute on it. And then you're ready to go.
0: Okay. Well, that sounds pretty easy.
3: I mean, that's kind of where my involvement in the project started. I mean, I've been a long-time user of um, the Saki build system, so it's the PowerShell-based one. Um, So I started looking around for... um, basically what Cake Advertising, its ability to do a a cross-platform, cross-environment build script. Um, So I started using Cake and one of the first things I wanted to do was to bring in all of the tools that I used uh, within my Saki script. So that included things like uh, Git version, and for me, uh, Git Release Manager, and all these tools that I've used to, I'm used to using. So my, my first my kind of major contributions into Cake was to bring in all of these tools as additional aliases into the project. Now, what I found was that um, that was remarkably simple to do because, I mean, the, the framework is already there. Uh, Matthias and uh, uh, Patrick had done all the hard work in terms of the heavy lifting of how you uh, exercise an, an EXE uh as part of the build script. So it's just a case of slotting in the EXEs that I want to run and passing in the right arguments to do that. Um, and in terms of creating an add-in, with the 33 add-ins that we have out there, there's enough templates uh, or, or one that you can pick up and run with. Um, so for instance, um, Matthias created the, the Slack add-in to allow posting to a Slack channel as part of your build okay. script. Now, yeah, cool. I, because I'm not because it, f- for me we're we're users of Gitter within the projects that I work on, so I wanted to be able to do the same posting to Gitter chat rooms as part of my build script. So I literally stole Matthias's code, um, <laughs> <and> replaced Slack <laughs> with Gitter, and I pretty much had one that was ready to go. So it's it it is that easy because there's there's enough kind of uh, boilerplate templates out there now for to get started with.
0: So does, are there any other like C sharp build systems out there? I mean, it, it's, it's kind of funny. Cause in hindsight now, this seems like incredibly obvious to me. And I was actually thinking back, um, man, this would have been well over, this probably was like 15 years ago. Like I started writing something similar in, in VB and, and, uh, it just, it, it was not pleasurable in VB. So I just kind of gave up, but, um. You know, I've used things like Enant, um, but they they focus on like having XML configuration, which just makes my eyes bleed. So, I mean, are, are there any other C Sharp based build systems out there? And if not, I mean, this just this just makes a whole lot of sense to me.
2: When I started looking, post I had a, a need, an itch to sort this thing out, and yeah, the, I, found, I tested a few. There's a Pvc Build, is one. There's one called Bow Build, mm. uh, and there's the been uh, one that Microsoft used in so internal that's called Saki, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Cake was the one that felt most like right for me. I got you, and, yeah. and
0: I'm looking at the GitHub like the pulse, and yeah, there's a ton of activity on this. I mean, hundreds of pull requests um, that have been issued, um, lots of issues opened, lots of code, um, you know, check ins and stuff like that. So it seems like it's you know very much alive and well. It seems like this is the first one that anybody should look at for sure.
1: Yeah. So, what kind of like Microsoft projects work? Best with cake. So, because I can think of a like probably a web project would work pretty good. Uh, um, A console app would work pretty good, but I'm thinking maybe UWP might be a little bit wonky. Mm -hmm. Well,
2: as we use MS Build, so anything that MS Build can build works. Uh, Anything if you take on the cross platform side, anything that X Build or DNX can build will work. Uh, Sometimes you need to. Specify some arguments like do you want to use the x86 version of MS Build like for silite legacy applications, or do you want to set the target output as ARM? But all that's wrapped. So we have like extension methods on our MS Build alias, so you can set those properties. But it can be that's that's a hard part. But like, of course, it's the most simple application is just as you say a console application with NuGet references would always work uh it's when you have like a special sdk or things like that that can be more work to get it to work but
1: so uh how good is the functionality with .NET native then is
2: uh that's still in there's a pr for it but we haven't <laughs> tested it yet so
1: it's in progress yeah <laughs> okay
2: but, but but basically if it if it's ms build based it will work but we don't have any special feature for this then i guess
0: okay Yeah, we're just overturning like every stone at this point. (laughs) But well, actually this would be a good time to stress though. I mean, like this is this is I mean, this is free. Yeah. I mean there's no there's no price tag attached to this, right? This is open source. And I'm guessing you guys don't work on this full time, right?
2: No, it's part-time. Yeah, <laughs> okay. But I, so, but, but I use it at work, so sometimes uh, some features are inspired by work needs.
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, I just I feel kind of bad whenever we say, like, oh, there's no IntelliSense and, I don't know, .NET Native isn't supported and blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, you know... Holy cow, you're getting, you're getting so much here for, for what you pay for. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, the main reason why I wanted to bring that up though, is I do know that a fair amount of listeners are working on universal apps and, yeah. you know, you need that .NET native support. Uh, okay. Then, you know, maybe that's a future contributor as well.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then I, you know, I was kind of curious then if we, if we ex- extend it to other platforms, like if we're doing something for iOS, um, you know, has anybody tried to use like that a Cake for that? What about if we're doing like an Android APK package or or anything like that? I mean, are are we getting way too exotic for what Cake was built for?
2: No, because uh, actually, a summary and uh, the components team of Samri use Cake internally.
0: Really? Oh, that's so, okay. So, uh, well, that's a so, huge endorsement.
2: <laughs> and also uh, one of the developers has done uh, add-ins for doing Xamarin authoring also. Okay. So so you have those, uh, you can do your app case, app they're also add-in to publish to like hockey app and things like that. So You need
0: to, you need to talk that up. You need to say, yeah. you know, Microsoft bought Xamarin, so you need to say, Microsoft <laughs> uses this internally. <laughs> you, need, you need some marketing 101 here. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, at the beginning you mentioned that uh, you're working on IntelliSense, um, and that's kind of a limitation right now. Is there any other limitations that you want to talk about or some things that you're working on?
3: So the other one that that has been brought up recently uh, is is the kind of the debugging support when it comes to build scripts uh, and the the debugging story for Cake. Now, in, in fairness, the debugging of the build script is well you you write it and you run it and if it fails then you need to figure out what went wrong there's no yeah. there's no built-in uh, debugging story um, that you would get say for a command line application out of visual studio um but i mean what we like to say is that um, once you put this build script onto uh, a build server or multiple build servers all you're going to have is the the logging and the um Um, instrumentation that you put into that build script. So you're not going to have the nice attach the process and and run once you put it onto Team City and you put it onto AppVear. So you need to be able to debug that properly without that support, if you like, for debugging. Now, that's not to say that we're not looking to add debugging support. And again, that would be through the likes of the OmniSharp project uh, to bring that into some of the editors that we have. But at the end of the day, if you're reliant on uh, attaching the process and debugging uh, support when you're creating your build script, then you're going to be out of luck once you start putting it out to multiple CI servers. So, um, although it's a limitation, we don't think it's a showstopper.
0: Okay, so you know I mentioned that this thing is is free. Um, the is there? I, I don't think I have to worry about a license because th- it doesn't matter what the code is licensed at, right? Unless I want to. Like grab that code and modify, it, right? I mean,
2: well, what well, our code is MIT license, so you can oh, you, so that's, you yeah. go with it. Okay, <laughs> uh, so so you can fork away if you wish, but uh, we would obviously like uh, pull yeah, the best. Be <laughs>
0: okay, well, it, basically, you, you know, the, uh, there's it's pretty hard for me to shoot myself in the foot. I think is what I'm taking away from that, which is But
2: also to get full stack traces and something, like that. You just uh, you can't attach for debugging like that. Yeah, but but basically when you do. Like it's like with cloud solutions, you want instrumentation and logging. You don't want to stop a cloud server and like what are you doing? But you want to have good uh, analytics and good uh, logging. And yeah. as it's as it's task based, you get which task failed and uh, you get the stack trace for that task and things like that. So
0: yeah, so that's a good point. Can you can you output the the status of this? Obviously, you can like you know view it as it's going, but can you output to like different file formats the the status of the build so I can display it in you know whatever. System I want, or HTML, or anything like that.
2: Well, we have a couple of build systems that we have support for. There, mm-hmm. like the Team City and the Visual Studio are so like the Team services and so Oh, it like
0: pipes back into those.
2: So, but usually it's just console outputs. So okay. that would that is the would work for any platform. Yeah, uh, and any build system, which is great because you can, you can use uh, basically uh, the same. Build scripts and only only have slight nuances that differ between them.
0: Yeah, it so, seems like it seems like the console is the future, <laughs> and, yeah. I, and it sounds like I'm saying that as a joke, but I'm not. Like I, we we did go through this phase where we were, tr- were like, oh no, the console can't be the future. Like we have to get fancy with everything, and then we just sort of came back to that. Like no, nah, you know what? This is uh, this is as good as it gets.
2: <laughs> yeah, but, but it's really great because it works with like with SSH, yeah. with re- remote PowerShell. Absolutely, where it works with any build system and. It's basically, it's just text you want anyway to
0: yeah. output. Yeah, so, it works everywhere. We know how to deal with text. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, anything else you wanted to mention? That was good. You brought up the debugging. I didn't even think of that one. Is there anything that we missed that, uh, that you should mention?
3: I mean, the only thing that I can think is to mention is that uh, in terms of going cross-platform, I mean, the, the tools that you want to run as part of your build also need to be... Cross-platform compatible. So, although Cake yeah. as a, an EXE will work on all of the systems, you can't just pull in uh, a third-party EXE and hope that it's going to run. I mean, we're obviously already aware, based on some of the issues that have been raised, that there are some uh, bugs with, like, for instance, NuGet when you try and run certain commands when you're running on a, a Mac system compared to a Linux system compared to a Windows system. So. Um, People using Cake might initially trip up when their, their builds don't work. Um, but that's kind of where the criteria that you would add on to a certain task comes into play. So if you're only running or building on a Windows system, you can do this task, which result needs this Windows-based tool. And if you're on a Linux machine, you can use this tool. So your uh, build script can um, get more complicated based on what you're actually trying to achieve within it.
0: Okay, Cool. Okay, let's move on to my Azure pick of the week. So this week I picked Application Insights Analytics. Um, so the the root of this thing, this was based on a project called, uh, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing correctly, but it's, I think, Kusto, um, which was basically like an internal Microsoft analytics platform that has been processing massive amounts of data. And, uh, you know, so this has been used in extensively internally, and i I knew this was coming for some time, and there have been a lot of partners that have been interested in this technology. Um, so some of the stats on this thing Custo today ingests over a trillion events per day. Um, and it's all it's six hundred terabytes per day., uh, so Brian Harry here, he predicts over a petabyte, Per day will be ingested pretty soon um, in their in their instance of this thing. Um, he has a whole bunch of evidence in here. You know, like the engineers within Microsoft love using this thing. The queries are are super simple. Um, you can actually do charting with this. You can you know output the actual records or or aggregations, those types of things. Um, you kind of have to look at the um, at the the post to really understand what some of those things look like. Uh, but this is a pretty neat um, analytics platform. And this, you know, as of the the time that this podcast will come out, like this was just announced a few days ago. So that's something I would I would take a look at. I suspect they're going to be talking about this at uh, at Build as well. So it'd be interesting to see. Uh, what people do with this um, you know this is basically like I said this thing's been dogfooded internally for you know how many years at Microsoft um, it's, it's it's been something that's that's been used extensively and now it's you know available to the public which is uh, which is
1: pretty cool uh, So Carl, what do you have for the dev tip of the week So the dev tip of the week is a pretty cool site although the site is not cool <laughs> at all So if you go to totallyfreecursors.com, It's definitely a throwback in web design, but it looks like my site, (laughs) (laughs) but if you want to add like a little bit of flavor, um, to like a web page, you can have like, you know, when you hover over something, you can change the cursor and stuff like that. There's tons of really cool cursors for here. Uh, so for example, you can get a glittering pink mustache and set that as a cursor. Uh, so it is a lot of variety there. Are we publishing on April 1st or, um, actually here, let me check the calendar. Let's see. <laughs> yes, we, we are actually, no, it should be April 2nd. So, we, cause we <laughs> normally do it late in the evening.
0: Okay. So this is not your pick of the week
1: anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it is still the pick of the week. Totally
0: I don't know what's precursors. going on with Carl. Uh, okay. Uh, let me pull out the card game here. <clears throat> okay. Is the, is the suspense killing you? So while I pull out this card game, I'm literally pulling my drawer right now. Uh, There was, I read an article talking about how, if you take a picture of your food, you enjoy it more. We didn't talk about it on the show, but, uh, it was because of the the suspense of, of eating that food anyway. (laughs) Okay, here we go. So let's see, why don't we have Matias go first. So why don't you pick a number between one and four inclusive? Two. Two. Uh, man, I think we, I think we just had this one. Let me pick a different card here. Hold on. Uh, Oh, (laughs) <laughs>
1: okay, okay you, you need well, to buy another deck jason <laughs> yeah
0: I, I don't know actually i was at a whole bunch of game stores recently too and I, I i looked a little bit but i should have looked harder okay here we go and i apologize in advance for this question would you rather have your parents call you sh- snookums and cupcake in front of all your friends <laughs> uh i don't know how often you hang out with your parents or have to play a two-hour game of twister with someone else's fat and sweaty grandma and grandpa
2: Oh, Snookums all the way.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, at, at a certain age, you're just like, you're like that's cool. Whatever.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. it, it's probably like, you know, hipsters, like Carl probably like that. He's just like, come on, Grandma, call me Snookums. <laughs> okay, Gary, pick a number between one and four, inclusive.
3: Oh, one, please.
0: One. Uh I, mean, I think we just had that one and that one's pretty disgusting. Um oh we just had that one. I think I'm in the pile that we just had. Let me just let me just shuffle here. Okay. <laughs> Number 1. Would you rather put on a pair of shoes filled with duck droppings or put on a hat full of raw eggs?
3: <laughs> uh, duck droppings, please. I think it would be easier to tidy up afterwards.
0: <laughs> uh Okay, well, you know, whatever. I'm not judging. <laughs> okay, Carl, pick a number. I'll take four. Four. Um, I think we just have the, man, there's just, there's the, the deck is just not big enough, but I'll ask you anyway. Would you rather be covered in itchy scabs or have popcorn shells stuck in between every tooth?
1: I do not do well with itching, so. Yeah. Yeah, popcorn.
0: Yeah, popcorn, and it's like a game, and you, know, you got to get, get all those pieces out. I pick the popcorn as well. My dentist would
1: like it because I'd floss more. (laughs) Yeah, there you go.
0: Okay, so, uh, Matthias, where can people find you?
2: Well, I'm I'm at DevLead on uh, Twitter. That's the best part. Okay.
0: Perfect. And, Gary, where can people find you?
3: Uh, Pretty much at GEP13. Pretty much everywhere.
0: Okay. I hope. Let's see. I was just seeing. Okay, so I am following you, Matthias. Gary, I am going to start following you right now. <laughs> Everybody go out and follow Gary and Matthias. Um, and then it looks like Carl has some links here in the show notes. Uh, there's obviously the GitHub repo, repo, but he also has here cakebuild.net.
2: Yeah, and that's where we have all our documentation. Also have uh, links to all add-ins. Okay, so perfect. So basically, if you, if you create an add-in, you can submit a pull request and we'll be added to the site.
0: Perfect. Okay. And where can people find you, Carl? You can find me on Twitter at Carl Schweitzer. And you can find me on Twitter at twitter.com/ytechie. Well, Matthias and Gary, thank you so much for coming on and talking about cake. This is something I'm gonna have to have to check out. This is very cool.
3: Thank you. Thank you very much.